I'm scheduled to speak tonight and we are going to come to talking about uh, John 10.10, another one of the reasons why Jesus said that he came uh, to be among us. But uh, we have a privilege tonight of uh, having Monty Pagatapali speak to us for a few minutes. Most of you have seen Monty around here at one time or another. Although it has been since before COVID that uh, Monty has been to the United States. He has uh, been working on his Doctor of Ministry degree uh, at Harding School of Theology and uh, comes here for other reasons and other times as well. And he arrived in Memphis a week ago Monday, I think. And uh, so I asked Monty if he would take a little while tonight and so uh, 25, 30 minutes, something like that for him to address us. And then uh, I get up and we'll talk some about John. So it's very good to, uh, to have Monty with us and have the opportunity for him to speak to us. But thank you, Dr. Black, for having me here and uh, to start my time in the U.S. Uh, travel uh, to start here. Um, and it's uh, so good to see many of y'all and um, it's, Certainly different times and different uh, circumstances from, from the last time I was here. Um, I wanted to give y'all a hug, but uh, you know, even shake, you know, hey, shaking somebody's hands is like, okay, you know, we don't want to do that kind of thing right now. Uh, but anyway, I um, just want to talk a little bit about you know, what's happening in India. Um, especially, uh, I asked Dr. Black because you know, many of the folks here at Highland have been a part of the work individually, uh, not only through prayers, you know, which is uh, a fantastic uh, partnership for us, a prayer partnership, but also financially over the last, especially the last uh, several months, uh, uh, during the months of May and June. I'll talk about those things. But before that, I'll just want to uh, give an overview of what's happening and um, what you're seeing on the screen. Uh, I will talk about that at the very end of it. It's a, you, you see a lifeless structure, but um, that will change your uh, impression by the time I talk about it. Um, one of the things, apart from my work in India, as Dr. Black uh, talked about, I'm working on my dissertation uh, for the doctorate in ministry, which primarily deals with um, evangelizing Hindus uh, in the United States. Um, even though I have been away for uh, two years now, almost two years now, um, I still try to maintain some contact with different folks and um, uh, one of the exciting ones is, um, uh, Lord willing, maybe uh, a week or so from now, uh, there's going to be a, a couple of baptisms in, in the state of Mississippi uh, because of that work, uh, which again, you know, we're, it's, it's hard trying to communicate from that, you know, from uh, 10,000 miles away, and, um, which is uh, difficult. But the uh, good thing is, uh, knowing, having all the contacts and the connections within the church uh, it makes things much easier for us. Um, I would request you know, prayers for, uh, for that part of the work. Um, one of the things what we have been doing is the preacher training program. You know, we have a first graduating group in 2018, uh, 75 individuals graduated. Uh, we did not have, uh, it's a three-year program, so we were supposed to be having a graduation this year. We did not have it. Uh, we probably will have some time in December or so because of what's happening. Um, but um, our main, you know, from my perspective, and I have lived in the United States for quite a while, and uh, 
and I understand the value of quality education. Not only that, but also to get a, a piece of paper. You know, it's a, it's a piece of paper, but that means a lot in, in the world, uh, the diploma that you get. So what, one of the things we are hoping and trying and really, really praying is that uh, our program will be accredited, um, more like a, uh, an ATS accreditation. Uh, but you know, for, in order for that to happen, you know, we have to have so many things. Um, you, know, you as a dean, uh, you know what, what everything entails so, you know, for ATS accreditation situation, Dr. Black. Um, but that is something we're hoping it will happen. Um, and my degree plays a major role in that from HSD. And uh, also other teachers to get a similar, uh, if not similar, but something similar degrees uh, will play into that. Uh, when that happens, I'm saying when because it's, I'm very hopeful about that. When that happens, uh, we will be the first one ever within the Church of Christ in India, if not in the entire Asia, uh, to have that kind of facility uh, that will help uh, all of our graduates to, to move uh, forward uh, and giving a lot of credibility to their education. Um, another one is our TV program, uh, you know, right now. This one actually during the pandemic, uh, we are doing more like 10 times more than what we had done. Uh, the amount of calls that are coming in because everybody's stuck at home, uh, not really much of in-person services going on. So their, you know, their only option is to see because some congregations, they don't have online opportunities either. So they don't have in-person, they don't have online. So they're looking for something else. And uh, it has, uh, this avenue has provided us greatly in terms of reaching out to folks. Um, but another one is our, 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 our clinic. Uh, this is an ever-growing one. Uh, right now we have uh, two levels, two floors of uh, maybe I would say a 5,000 square foot area uh, where we have all the, uh, the clinic situation going on. Um, but we are, again, this is one of the major works that turned out to be because of the COVID situation. We have operated a COVID unit uh, away from this, uh, this facility. Um, the last, uh, the second wave of COVID, we, we catered to around 1,500 COVID patients. Uh, Any time, at a given time, there were like 200 individuals. Um, but uh, it has been a blessing to many, many souls. Um, but also, we are in the process of expanding, uh, expanding the clinic to a, to a small size hospital with uh, you know, the eye institute where we can do all the cataract surgeries, uh, especially in India, almost every individual beyond maybe 60 years, uh, they are in need of a cataract surgery. Um, but again, there are a lot of things that would prevent uh, them having that. You know, it could be finances or even just general knowledge, you know, awareness uh, that they should be having. You know, there are no annual checkups. Uh, that is a luxury. Um, but uh, something they don't know, you know, but it, it goes beyond uh, the point of repair where we can't even operate on their eyes uh, at some point. Uh, but this will be a very uh, good help. We have all the equipment ready, but again, because of the COVID, we were not able to set anything up. Um, but also we are working on a, a non-invasive heart institute where it will be a primarily you know, basic non-invasive stuff. And if there's anything substantial, we will uh, be able to, again, these things are going to be very helpful for those who don't go for a yearly checkups. Uh, by the time people know anything that is wrong with them, it's a lot of times it's just too late. 
because they just don't go through yearly checkups. Um, another one is the uh, clean water projects. Uh, so far, we have six different locations. Um, I was uh, I was at a congregation uh, Sunday night, and uh, I was introduced as working on my demon to a gentleman, and he said, "Demon? That means demineralization." I said, yeah, we do that one too. Uh, you know, I'm not only doing, working on my demon, but I'm also working on your version of demon because we do demineralization of water. Uh, that's what he meant, uh, because in these water filtration plants, there are a lot of uh, uh, groundwater that is polluted uh, with uh, arsenic, uranium, and 40, 40 times more than normal levels of fluoride in the groundwater. So it's literally poison that these guys would drink. So we have different locations um, if any of y'all are on Facebook with me, uh, you might have seen this one uh, today. Uh, it was a little late. I was a little late posting it. Uh, I said, you know, we could make a movie out of this thing because it took over a year because we had to drill three times first. And one of them was thousand feet deep. There was not a single drop of water in that village. And even for that drill to come in, these are tiny little bitty villages. The roads are not big enough for this big uh, rig. And people said, we're going to wipe away our front yards and gardens so that this drilling rig could come. Well, they come, and then we had to put a, a whole truckload of dirt to put a, build up a ramp to make it to go where it needs to go. And then still there was no water. And then people start saying, okay, you know, do you want to drink in our property so that you can see if you would find water? And finally, we did that, but, but also when the, the drilling rig came in, it was so high, the electric lines were uh, impeding that. So we had to cut those wires, remove them so that this drilling rig could come in. And for an entire day and night, the entire village didn't have any power. Um, again, it was then with the equipment company, we had to wait because of the pandemic and all that. All in all to say, you know, we, today we have that in place and 15,000 people uh, will be benefited with the clean water, which they never had in their lives. Um, this is just one of the, you know, again, it's exciting because starting is one thing and to see some of the, some of the finished products, especially now during this uh, pandemic, you know, all the, uh, everything is just pending. You know, we couldn't finish off what we started uh, because the, the companies are shut down. But uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, our work among the uh, widows and orphans uh, continues, uh, especially now. Um, it's a sad situation in India, especially during the second wave, when people died in their houses because of COVID. Even their own family would not go take care of that, that body. I mean, there were bodies that literally decayed in people's houses. Well, if that is the case, and talk about the, the widows and orphans of the individuals who died. Because they don't want to be taken care of, because if, if a person dies and his wife and children are left alone, they don't want to be taken in because they might have COVID too. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a sad situation. Uh, the number of widows and orphans just skyrocketed during this time. Um, it's, a, it's just a sad situation. Um, and as, as an extension of the uh, Widows and Orphans program, you know, we have um, the Academy for the Street Kids and uh, the Orphans in three different locations right now. 
Um, here are some of the uh, self-employment uh, things that we do, you know, helping some individuals or families with, uh, a, there's a water buffalo, by the way, um, on top, uh, helping them with water buffalo or, or helping them with some kind of small businesses. Um, or with uh, the tailoring institute that we have uh, where we uh, you know, teach them to uh, be self-supporting. And also for, uh, for the uh, physically disabled individuals where they couldn't go anywhere, uh, we, we, we bought them some uh, tricycles. Uh, we, you know, they can pedal with one hand and kind of steer with another hand. They can at least give them some level of you know, semi-independence uh, with their life. Um, this is a heartbreaking situation. You know, it has been in India for ages, uh, but again, especially now, uh, it has actually increased. This is uh, a, a, a system in, in Hinduism called Devadasi, where women, especially uh, uh, the preteen young girls, will be married off to local gods, and they'll spend the rest of their lives in the, on these temples. Uh, literally, what they would do, and it's something similar to what would be happening in, in the city of Corinth, uh, temple prostitution. So technically these are not prostitutes in the, in, in the grand terminology. These are the temple, these are the wives of God or gods. So, you know, nobody knows, you know, who plays the role of gods in their lives. It's just been a devastating situation. Um, at least uh, 3,000 young girls are, are taken into this, this kind of situation every year uh, in India. We're trying to uh, get them out of that. Um, again, it's, it's not an easy thing, especially when you know, you're, you're the, the kind of culture and the religion that you're dealing with actually promotes this kind of thing. Yeah, arranged marriages are very common, but I would say arranged marriages are not forced marriages. Forced marriages are like, here's your husband, and that's it. You got no say in that. For arranged marriages, these days especially, there's a, I mean, they're actually taking the girls and the boys' uh, opinion uh, into consideration. Uh, back in those days, it's just pretty much forced. A lot of times, you know, it's a political one. So, uh, it, you know, just we're changing a little bit, but not quite as uh, we would like where it needs to be. Another exciting one is the Bible uh, project that we have. Um, one of the things with all the number of converts, uh, the new baptisms that are happening, um, it's, um, the follow-up has been a very difficult one. Uh, we just did not have needed resources, enough of resources to follow up on all the new converts. So uh, we came up with this idea where we could, if we could put a study guide, it's a hundred page study guide into a Bible and printed them together and give them, it'll help them at least uh, for the uh, maybe a couple months of their uh, new Christian life that can study on their own. Uh, you know, these are two, three pages of study material for them. Um, but that has been, again, it has been delayed for uh, over a year. And um, right now we recently got 2,000 copies of those, those Bibles. And we have raised enough funds for 14,000 copies of these Bibles. These are custom made, again, with uh, the study material for new, new Christians. And that will help them uh, you know, as a devotional or you know, have the questions and answers at the end of each lesson to help them study uh, further. And uh, especially the last couple months, you know, the, that's one aspect of the work. But the last few months, it's everything is focused on the COVID. Uh, COVID relief with the rice bags that we have been distributing. 
And uh, you know, these are the, what we call is immune, immunity booster kits with all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, you know, uh, ascorbic acid, you know, D3 and uh, you know, zinc and uh, there was some ivermectin stuff as well. But, uh, but again, um, it's just try to help them because vaccines are not readily available uh, in India. I was telling Dr. Black um, and others, you know, I was Skyping this morning when I was sitting across from Chick-fil-A and uh, I could see this Walgreens sign, you know, walk-ins welcome, COVID vaccine free. They couldn't believe it because it's not available in India. You know, vaccine free and you could just go and get it. Uh, it's just not available. And that makes things a lot difficult. And if you can, again, you know, these booster kits were like to help them, you know, you know immunity was in, is in better shape. It's, you know, mo the least likely to contract that. Even if they get, get it, you know, their body will fight against it. Uh, that's, you know, that's the best we could do to help them, uh, you know, other than getting them vaccines. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are all something that you know, we have provided through our clinics, all the, uh, the equipment. You know, these are the grocery bags and vegetable bags and rice bags and the distribution. You know, this is a daily situation we have reached uh, over the last uh, year and a half. We have reached, uh, we have actually crossed over 1 million uh, meals, uh, delivery of 1 million meals and catering to uh, 10,000 families. Um, and, uh, you know, these are the, again, you know, this is the little van that we have all the cooked meals that are delivered to different people. Uh, to the local police officers because they were the ones standing in the streets day and night, not even going home. So we, we thought, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity to help them, you know, build a, a good relationship with these folks. And we, we cater to them and all the meals, you know, uh, you know, on a daily basis. But these are the, some of the things that, that changed the, the way we have done the work, uh, especially the last few months. Um, our, our idea was to have a, an oxygen generator right off, you know, right off the bat. And you know, we started about thinking about having that. Well, there was money available at the time, but there was none. We could go and buy somewhere. The, uh, the best one guy gave me, gave me was he said, well, we can't do anything earlier than November 2021. I mean, we're talking about April. He said, November is the best I could do for you. Um, but that is not even a bigger one. It's just a smaller one. He couldn't do anything. So in the meantime, what we did was, you know, bought some oxygen concentrators and uh, the, the oxygen cylinders. You know, we have to stand in the line because the generator is like a hundred miles away. We had to send a guy and uh, to fill these uh, 30 cylinders, it took 14 hours. Uh, again, this is a time consuming thing. You go early in the morning, you come back late in the night. Um, but still, these things have changed the lives of many people. I mean, even today, even today, there are people who are asking for these oxygen cylinders because they're still regularly on that. Um, but at the same time, there are people who asked for it, they, you know, who wanted some oxygen concentrator or something, and by the time we get everything ready to load it up and we get a call that they're gone. Um, there are so many like that. Um, but nevertheless, you know, that, uh, this, uh, these things have helped us and changed uh, quite a bit. And uh, with, the, with what you're seeing here on, this, on the screen um, is the amphotericin B liposomal injection. I hardly heard it. You know, I'm a physician. I rarely heard about this, this kind of things. But it was needed two months ago 
because of the black fungus. Black fungus infection that is coming into all these post-COVID patients. All these COVID patients, they got healed, and now they're developing some weird, never heard of before kind of situations. Black fungus, and here is, you know, it could be a little gross, but pardon me for that. Um, but that's what black fungus is doing. You know, for some people, you actually have to take those eyes away so that you can at least save their life. Because it is so fast growing and so fast moving, there is not really you could do. It is like, you know, if the COVID virus didn't kill these people, this black fungus is killing them. Um, but even with, the, with these, these injections, uh, we actually had to get these injections from a different place because, again, it was so tense situation where we have, can we get this? There was a guy who offered them, and we said, yes, let's get whatever you can offer. And they were seized at an airport. I was like, goodness gracious, you know, we, there are people who are desperately dying for these things, and you could, we couldn't get them. And finally, again, you know, we were able to have them and distribute it to folks who are in, you know, who would otherwise would have been dead. Because the nasal black fungus is going all, you know, obviously going to the, the eyeball, the eye sockets or into the brain. It's, there's no, no course of, you know, no recourse in helping them uh, with their lives without any kind of, uh, you, know, you know, salvaging something that we could do. But that is another uh, issue. But the most uh, an exciting one is this one. Uh, it took uh, several months of hard work and... Uh, and many of y'all's partnership and prayers. And we finally have the major equipment that is needed for the oxygen generator. You know, that's the, that's the uh, oxygen generator. That, that thing sits in, in, a, in a metal frame building of this size. And we are, this is only 40% of the equipment, but we are also working on the other, uh, other half of it. Um, but majority of the equipment that to produce the oxygen is here. We're talking about 1.5 million liters of oxygen a day. And this is the first one, not only among the Churches of Christ, but in any religious organization in India. And God only will tell how many people this will bless. And thank you uh, for being a part of this. And that's what I was uh, showing you at, at the beginning of it. You know, this lifeless structure looks like it, but there is uh, life-giving oxygen that is going to be produced uh, through that building and through your partnership. Thank you so much uh, for having me here, Dr. Black. And for all the prayers and please please continue your prayers for the work in india and uh thank you so much Marty, tell a little bit about uh a lot of this of course is focused on all of your work and then on what's happening with COVID. tell this group a little bit about how difficult it is to become a christian in india thank you so much money i knew that those of you that have heard him before would be interested in hearing what he had to say. Uh, quite a few people here know of Monty because he has been in Memphis on several occasions. He has been to Highland on several occasions. He's uh, delivered much, much of this without any of the COVID part to Jay's and my class on Sunday morning and to others who visited us at that time. But I wanted him to be able to kind of catch us up to date, especially with things that are going on with COVID. 
but also I wanted you to, to know and think about, and although I only have a few minutes, I wanted to relate the text I'm looking at tonight in John chapter 10 and verse 10 to what he had to say, and particularly to the issue of the difficulty of being a Christian in India. This presentation tonight was um, uh, very heavily laced with the problems that uh, have existed because of COVID. And some of the wonderful things have been able to be done there, like looking at this oxygen equipment, you can tell that that has got to be a very expensive project. And the fact that uh, some people here, some individuals here have given to this, and uh, others elsewhere uh, across the United States have given and made this possible to save lives there. But I wanted him especially to stress the difficulty of being a Christian in India uh, to you because prior to the last year and a half, in uh, following Monty on Facebook and in getting receiving newsletters from him, uh, what I've seen time and time again is the difficulty of being a Christian. And Monty emphasized that, uh, and this is not the case for virtually any of us. We talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago when I talked about Jesus saying about dividing uh, father and mother against son and sister and daughter and so forth, division in families, that some of us have uh, undergone great difficulties with our family because we became a Christian. But that is, if we were to raise your hand in here, there would only be a hand or two that would go up that would say that was a problem. For most of us, it was considered to be a good thing, a wonderful thing that uh, you decided to become a Christian. Then there are financial repercussions, which he taught briefly about very significant financial repercussions that come to those who step out of Hinduism or Islam uh, into Christianity. And then there's even the threat of death. And over the years, I have seen accounts from Mani of individuals he knew, sometimes of people who were in the preacher training school who were going out and presenting the gospel and who gave their lives for that cause. And that sort of thing is not happening to anybody around us. And it certainly puts a very different picture. Uh, Monty, I'm sure the phrase you've heard before that you were talking about, some people talk about rice Christians. Give them a lot of rice and that keeps them coming, but it changes the picture if you think, well, these people in Monty's area, for sure, it is at great cost they become a Christian, often burning their bridge, bridges with regard to their family, often burning their bridges with regard to financial security. And uh, sometimes even the, one of the stories that I recall you telling was about a husband that tried to kill, I think the husband and the son were involved in trying to kill the wife and the mother. Yeah, he poured pesticide in her throat to try to kill her because she became a Christian. A follow-up to that story, which some of you have heard that story, have read it, a follow-up to that story is that that man came recently and became a Christian himself, right? Her 
That is, that is not the son. Not the son. But the husband came and became a Christian himself and uh, apologized for the things that he has done. Um, I just want to stress how difficult it is for a lot of people in the world to be a Christian. And I think that reflects a lot on this whole passage here. John is the gospel of life. Uh, many of you are familiar with the fact that John gives us a kind of purpose statement at the end of chapter 20, where he says, Jesus performed many other signs that are not written in this book, not recorded in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And the words for life and the idea of life and eternal life is there from the very beginning of the book where Jesus is involved with God as a creator, where Jesus is light and we're told that that light brought life to men. And throughout the book, the, the, the words life and eternal life occur much more in the Gospel of John than they do in the, gospel, in the other Gospels. That's a central theme. And one of the things that we, would, we won't take time to look at this right now, but if you just looked at the places that that occurs, the references to having eternal life through believing in Jesus, there are several of those occurrences that talk about you have that now. And it's really interesting to think about having it now, that uh, we coming to believe in Jesus, submitting ourselves to Jesus, have eternal life, not only in the future, but now. I'm not saying you can't lose it. That's another matter, uh, which we've been discussing in our class with Gary Kinley on, on uh, Sunday mornings. But uh, you have it. And what is often emphasized in talking about the Gospel of John is that eternal life, that phrase in John, it's not just about long life, long-lasting life, everlasting life. It can be used, it can be focused on that, but it is a qualitatively different kind of life, a kind of life that comes from the eternal realm, a kind of life that you begin having, in a sense, here while we're on this earth. And so this passage is one of the uh, I have come passages. This is in the midst of Jesus talking about himself being a good shepherd and why he has come. And in verse 10, having talked about the thieves and the hired hands, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, the good shepherd, have come that they, the sheep, might have life and have it abundantly, or more abundantly, or to the full, or in the fullest. I looked at quite a number of translations. What I was familiar with from childhood was King James. I came to think have my mind have life and have it more abundantly. I found that many of the current translations are saying as the new NIV does, they may have it to the full. And this passage seems to talk not just about the life we have after death, but the life we have now. That the good shepherd has come that we might have full 
and abundant life now. And it, it occurred to me as I was thinking about money talking to our class tonight that that may mean a very different thing to a lot of Americans who think only of American experiences. Of becoming a Christian and our family saying, that's great. I've been praying for you to become a Christian in many cases all of your life. Uh, becoming a Christian and that having no bad effects upon your finances or your relationship with the government. Uh, becoming a Christian and that being no threat to your life. But I wanted to just ask you to think about the question, what does it really mean? Because when Jesus spoke it, it wasn't easy to be his disciple. When it was spoken in the early church, when John taught this, it wasn't easy to be a Christian. And if you were in India today, in the area in, of which Mani is working, it would not, many of the things we think of as the abundant life, the wonderful life that we have through Christ, wouldn't be there. It'd be really hard to sell a health and wealth gospel where Mani is. So I just want to ask and us take, we only have a few more minutes, but what do you think Jesus means to say? What, what do you think Monty could say in his situation to people? If you become a Christian, you'll have life and have it more abundantly. How can you say that in a situation where it means you may lose your family, you'll lose a lot of finances, your life may be under threat and shortened? What does it mean in those kind of circumstances? We might get more closer to what it really means if we could answer that. So it, which carries us back in some ways to what Jesus said in the passage that I was looking at a few weeks ago where he says, I've come not for peace, but I've come and there will be division in families. And, and when Jesus talked to Peter about it, and Peter says, we've given up this and this and this and this. And he says, you will have more brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers. And what does he mean by that? It has to be something other than the physical relationships. It gives you a hope. Right. This year, our theme at HSC, we have a theme every year. And our theme this year is the theme of hope. It's a great theme for this year. We thought it would be a little different because we thought we would all be thinking we were so hopeful because we were getting behind COVID. COVID was getting behind us. And, and this shapes what we say about hope in our theme this year more spiritually, I think. Y'all have a blessed week and be thankful that you have a relationship to God through Christ, that you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and that you can have the peace and hope that comes through that, no matter what circumstances may come to exist in your life. Have a great week.